Boots and Cats and Boots and Cats and Boots and Cats, PJ's Podcast. Welcome to PJ's Podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter, politics, Jesus, and sports. We are coming live to you on a Saturday uh, because we were not able to do it on Friday, so we figured uh, we'd give you guys episode 34. Monty, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing good. Kids are all out in Oklahoma City. I got the house to myself. It's kind of nice. nice. Yeah, nice little peace and quiet for once, huh? Yeah, it doesn't really happen that often, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, you got to take, take advantage of it while you can, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. So um, we're going to start out with some uh, Jesus talk is what I want to start out with. And, you know, we've had a couple of conversations over the last, you know, week or so on this topic, but topic I want to talk about is what makes you a Christian, right? And I want to make sure we we uh, set up this question correctly. So I'm not talking about what your pastor says. I'm not talking about what you feel or what you believe, right? I'm talking about strictly what scripture says on this issue, right? Because as Christians, at the end of the day, the Bible is our authority of what is correct and what is right. So I want to take this as Let's see what the Bible says about this, and let's go ahead and define it in our terms and and what we think the actual scripture says on this point, right? And I'm not talking about what you should be doing as a Christian, all that different jazz. I'm talking about what makes you a Christian, and I'll give you a little bit more of my definition. I think what makes you a Christian is do you have eternal life or not, right? And what does scripture say about that? So I'm going to let you go ahead and start off. What is what makes you a Christian, Monty? Man, I mean, obviously, like I think, obviously, first and foremost, I think it's someone who um, you know believes in, in in Jesus and believes that He was real and that, that He, you know, that you know the events in the Bible that you know He lived, He died for our sins, and He rose again. That people actually, um, you know, believe that and, and and they stand behind that, you know, and then someone like someone just whose heart and behavior just reflects, you know, you know, the life of Jesus and. And God, that to me, that's that's you know the the main thing um, about what becomes a Christian, or who are or you know who is a who is a Christian. Yeah, so so I think from a biblical standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Um, scripture is very clear on what gives you eternal life, right? Because that's the way I look at. If if you're a Christian, that means that you have eternal life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that that's what defines it for me right now. You can be a Christian and not live the correct way, or you can be a Christian and not be uh, doing what, you know, the churches say you're supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make you not a Christian, right? It all depends. Sorry. It all depends on, on what you define a Christian as I define a Christian as they have eternal life. And I think scripture is very clear on what gives you eternal life, right? John three sixteen, believe in me and you will have eternal life, mm-hmm. right? I think that is the defining text on what gives you eternal life. I'll even build on that, right? When he's on the cross, right? And he's next to somebody who is being crucified with him for his actions, right? He says to him, believe in me and you will be with me in paradise, right? right? Or eternal life, 
right? I don't think we can go past that, right? Am I am I off on this where you can have eternal life, but still not be doing what some people say you're supposed to be doing, right? But that doesn't change the fact that you have eternal life. Maybe you're just not doing, you know, what they feel you're set out to do as a Christian. I mean, right. do you think that's a good parameter there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, like, you know, there's, you know, obviously we're all sinners, right? And, you know, everyone, you know, falls short, you know, in front of God, right? Or in front of Jesus, right? Because no one's perfect. We all make mistakes. And so, and he knows that, and, you know, and saying that Jesus died for our sins, he knows that. And, you know, and that's why he, you know, died, and, you know, and he came back, right? So I think, like, like you said, there's, I mean, there's no no one lives a perfect life to say like, I'm a Christian because I do this, 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 and this, and this, because, you know, if that's the case, no one would be a true Christian. Um, but, but like you definitely said, you know, is, you know, having that faith, you believe in him. Um, and, and, you know, that's what makes you uh, definitely a Christian, right? I, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, you know, those who are listening, you can comment and, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I think what makes you a Christian is do you have eternal life? And how do you obtain eternal life? You believe in Jesus, right? It doesn't mean that 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 you have to be doing good or whatever. He is very clear. It's believe in me and you will have eternal life. And here's the thing. Nobody, nobody can say this person believes, this person believes, because at the end of the day, the only people that know if you truly believe in Jesus is you and the Father. And that's it, right? That's one of the reasons I think he says my kingdom will be incorruptible. Well, how's it incorruptible? Well, it's based upon complete pureness and complete truth. You can fool mm. those who are around you, but you can't fool God, right. right? He knows if you believe in Jesus or not. And I think there are a bunch of people that believe in Jesus and have eternal life, but they just have their what they should be doing and how they praise and and what and all these different things wrong. But that doesn't change that they have eternal life, right? And I think that's what we have to have an understanding on. Because we, I mean, we've heard all the arguments, right? If you're not going to church, you're not a Christian. Well, with that definition, then there's a lot of people that aren't Christians, right? But the definition right. of they have eternal life, that they may not just go to church. And yeah. again, if you believe in Jesus, then you will do what Jesus asked you to do because you, he's your king. Right. He asked you to do certain things that you'll go out and do it. Right. But it doesn't take away the fact that you have eternal life if you truly believe, if you truly believe. Right. That also gets into, you know, if you're not baptized, you're not a Christian. Well, Scripture doesn't say that. Right. Scripture gives us a good, clear definition of what being what getting eternal life looks like. And that is having a relationship or with Jesus and believing that he is the son of God and he did come for our sins. So I yep. think me personally, I think we can put that, that argument to bed, right? If you, if you disagree with me, put, put a comment in and I'll address it. But I think that is a starting point for us as Christians to understand that just because you're a Catholic doesn't mean you're not a Christian, right? Right. I just believe you have the way you worship and different things like that wrong. But it doesn't change the fact that you still believe that Jesus, you know, is the son of man, is the son of God and came and died on the cross for for our sins. Right. 
doesn't change doesn't change that you're you know just because you worship a different way so i think i think we're in agreement there money yeah absolutely 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 everything else to add uh no no like I, I, you you nailed it on the you know you nailed it on the head right i think in this thing you know the problem is with uh christianity there's so many like subsects right and each each one you know like you talk about christians you know you know there's methodist protestants you know and each one of them have like a little idea of what being a christian is right uh, but like i think it all comes back to what you said like you look in scripture you look you look in the bible um and you and you see you know what jesus said right and 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 you can't you can't argue against that because it, it's in the book right so i you know obviously you can nitpick and you can find different verses you know out of scripture that you know that expand or say different things but like if you take the things that came out of jesus mouth like he t he tells you exactly you know what makes a christian or what makes you know a believer that that will get eternal life you know once you know we leave our body yeah yeah i i think the problem is is people don't separate those two yeah right they say well you're not living the way that i right. say that the bible says that you should be living therefore you're not a christian it's like whoa that's not that's not correct right he tells us to do a lot of things right but that doesn't give us our eternal life right he was very clear on what gives us our eternal life i mean even even the the disciples you know had arguments with paul right mm -hmm. they they were on some things divided but it didn't change the fact that they both all of them believed in jesus right and that's what the foundation was and i think right. we have to start you know coming together around jesus around right. jesus right you may disagree with the way that i worship jesus or you may disagree with the way that you know i interpret scripture on what we should be doing but it doesn't change the fact that i believe in jesus christ right yeah and you right. believe in jesus christ and we're right. both gonna be you know in heaven together and spend right. eternal life together right and we'll we'll know once we get to where we're going after we perish or after we die right yep. who was right and who was wrong but at the right. end of the day we have to circle around jesus we we truly do we we have to come together as a community of uh believers and really we need to start making an impact in this world um you know we've harped on it over and over again that the church is is doing less and less in the community doing less and less within politics and that needs to change but i think to make a full change we have to come together and i believe this is a good start of understanding exactly what being a christian means um that way we're we're not so divided saying you know if you're a catholic you're you know you're not a christian or if you're a baptist you're not a christian if you're a charismatic you're not a christian all that stuff needs to just stop right because it's just dividing dividing the church so that's all i've got for for that right there on on this one particular uh, issue here so uh let's move on to uh let, let's do just a little bit of sports there's not a ton of stuff going on right now but we did have one um nba finals game that i think uh we need to address yeah absolutely obviously uh game one of the of the nba finals was played was it wednesday um mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think it was Wednesday. Uh, and obviously, like, we saw, you know, Denver Nuggets, as we predicted, you know, they I think it was Thursday. Okay, it was thir- Thursday. Okay. Um, they won 104 to 93. Um, they were pretty much in control the, the entire game. Um, they're just a dominant team. I don't like, you know, we, we made predictions and I, I predicted that it'd be Nuggets in five. And I think you did too. I, I was like, if, if this continues, it might be Nuggets in four. It, it was, it was that, it was that crazy. Um, you know, Jokic, he, he only took five shots before the fourth quarter, you know, and, and they are up 20 points at one time, one time. Um, um, it was nuts. And so I don't, I don't know what my Miami Heat can do um to stop joker and like seriously the, the whole team is is good you know um i i, I didn't realize how like Mur- murray was a baller caldwell pope was balling like that that whole team they all contribute in some some type of way and it's so it's really hard to key on one guy because someone else can step up and play so um that's that's my thoughts on that but but i think miami's in trouble yeah um if Butler, it seems like the Miami live and die with Butler, right? If he has no. a good game, uh, they have a good game. It's not right. that way with uh, with the Nuggets. Like you said, um, their best player didn't even really shoot that much, right? <laughs> right. Now, granted, he still had a triple-double, yeah. right, which was incredible. And, and, I mean, this goes to what we were saying. This is either going to be the greatest NBA Finals or just the worst NBA finals, right? Yeah. They, they, Heat are the biggest underdog to ever enter in to the NBA finals, right? That's right. why I keep saying this could be the greatest. If they pull something out, right, it, it will be the greatest underdog, underdog story in NBA history. Right. That being said, if the Nuggets just blow them out by, you know, 15 points a game, right? Right. That's not going to be fun to watch. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just going to be a blowout. They're going to be done in four games and it's going to be over. Right. I don't think anybody wants that. So, you know, watching, watching Thursday night, uh, Thursday's game, you know, I, I'm still up in the air because they kept it decently close. Right. It wasn't close the entire game, but I mean, they weren't blown out by 30 points, 20 points. Uh, Jimmy Butler had a bad game. So, I think here my prediction is Denver. If Denver wins one, right, wins the next one, that'll be two at home. They'll go back to the Heat, and if the Heat can take two games at home, we got ourselves a series, right? Yeah, we got ourselves a series. If they can't pull out a victory at home, I mean, it's going to be four games, five games. Right. If they drop one at home, I think it's it's over in five games. Yeah. So the Heat have to perform, um, you know, at their home court. You give Denver a 2-0 lead, that's fine. Right. That happens quite a bit in NBA playoffs. Um, I, I tell you what would be interesting if they win this next game and take one at Denver going back home for two games. That would be really interesting. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would that would make for a great NBA Finals right there. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. You know, I I do think Miami they do have an outside chance. Um, some kind of things to hit on. It was crazy, and you probably never see this stat in basketball. But Miami only had two free throws the entire game. Like, when do you see that? And they and they scored. They hit what? both of them, right? Yeah, they only they only had shot two free throws. 
So like, dude, all, we I, need to get our stats guy on so, this. I don't think that's ever been done. Two free throws. Yeah, they only had two. Are free you throws. sure? So, I'm a positive, and so, um, you know, so obviously you have to look in, into that and be like, um, you know, is it refereeing? What happened when? I mean, Jimmy Butler wasn't driving to the lane. Why? Why? With there no fouls? Why was only two free throws for the Miami Heat? You know, uh, and the Denver Nuggets had twenty. So like, and they scored sixteen of them. So that's a. That's uh, I th- I think that's a miscue. There's got maybe two free throws in the fourth quarter, but you no, look at the stat line. Butler shot eight. Butler shot eight. Lowry, uh, there was some free throws. I don't think so. What what stats are you looking at? If if that if that's correct, that's an insane. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it's. I think it was crazy. Um, but oh, what, was, what was my other point? I was going to make. So, but that, that's that's a that's a huge one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. That, that's a huge one right there. Uh, but and, and obviously they 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 shot 33 percent from the field, right? So that's that's. Oh, sorry, they shot 40 percent from the field, which is which is low for them. Where the Denver Nuggets shot 50, because um, it's going to get to a point where they're going to have to outscore. Uh, Denver Nuggets because they're not going to stop stop Denver right the defense they're not going to win on defensive end so they're going to have to have a hot hand um, and it's got to come from you know Jimmy Butler you know uh, Adebayo someone's going to have to step up and hit some shots you're you're a- you're correct though on the free throw thing I mean that is uh, that is insane yeah I mean it, it's the lowest uh, uh, historically the the lowest free throw shots in an nba finals game right so if you know if if they matched wow denver denver nuggets with free throws you know then it's, it's a two-point game right it's it's a lot tighter than it is it might be even closer than that so yeah um so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens in this next game and if um the miami heat kind of get some calls going their way but i i do think um it'll be a little tighter than it was um on thursday um but i still think miami has a tough tough road to climb yeah, um, you know, Jokic shot had a triple double, which is you know phenomenal. You know, he shoots at such a high percentage. You know right. what I mean? He's he's over fifty percent uh, from the field most games. Um, defensive rebounds, he had eleven, uh, twelve assists. Right? I mean, he's just a he's a freak of nature, and they're gonna have to find a way to shut him down. Uh, to make a push, but you know, like, like we've always said, we've counted them out every single time they somehow pull something out. So I'm not going to count them out just yet. Uh, I'm pulling for him. I think, you know, I love the underdog. Yeah. The underdog story. So uh, I I hope they can, they can do something. So because we missed conspiracy theory Wednesdays, somebody I was, I was golfing the other day. And, uh, I had a, I was golf with an ex military guy. Um, right. He was actually a pilot and we were talking about conspiracy theories and I was letting him know, you know, we do this conspiracy theory Wednesdays. We like to do sports. We like to do, you know, other things. And he goes, well, I got one for you. I said, okay, let me hear it. He goes, Jimmy Butler is Michael Jordan's son. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've heard this before. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I, I mean, I went down a rabbit hole. He was in Dallas. 
right? Like uh, the timing matches up. And yeah. if you do a, a, you know, face by face, he looks exactly like Michael Jordan. <laughs> like oh, it man. is absolutely insane. Anybody listen to this. If you have not seen this, it is yeah. insane how much alike they actually look. That's funny. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this? Could it, could it be real? Could it, you know, is it all false? But I mean, those pictures are pretty damning. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at one now. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't think it's true. But like, you know, those basketball players back then, they, they got around, right? You know, I'm talking about Magic Johnson and sleeping with over, you know, a hundred women, you know, probably a thousand women, whatever that, cra- that crazy stat was. But he did, they definitely got around. So to say that he doesn't have like a child out of, out of wedlock or, you know, an illegitimate child running around, um, it's kind of funny. Uh, and like yeah, I think the timeline that you mentioned it kind of all lines up about like it you know does. but uh <laughs> it does he's he's this playing is, like his father. I and, mean he's tearing oh, this thing up by himself. Right. He 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 is doing it. He's a one man show right now, just like his uh, just like MJ was at one time. So that's that's a that's a very good conspiracy theory. Uh, and I want MJ <laughs> sending us a cease and desist letter letter for this. So <laughs> but, <laughs> it's just a theory, okay? We're not right. saying it's fact. Right. But stop stop this podcast right now, pull it up, and you tell me, comment below, you tell me if he does not look like Michael Jordan. He looks exactly like the dude, and he's got the size of Michael Jordan, right? He's got the tenacity, he's got the mindset, the characteristics. Pretty damning, pretty damning. I don't know what it's going to cost to get a a, uh, blood test here, but I mean, it would be interesting to see if that's actually the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta see if they uh, if they're on ancestry.com if we can get that DNA sample. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if some... Jimmy Butler's actually been asked this question. Oh, I right? bet you because I think it's going around, right? So has he actually yeah. been asked yet? I I don't know if any reporters like have had the cojones to uh, ask it in, in, a, in a in a press conference. Piss off the but, goat, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that, but yeah, actually, like I'm looking at one for like it's like an old Jimmy Butler and an old. Uh, a young Jimmy Butler and a young Michael Jordan, and like when they were younger, they read closer than, than they are now. They but look uh, awfully it's, alike, man. It's it's the nose, but everything else is a little a little different. They got the same, maybe smile a little bit, but yeah, it's crazy, bro. I, I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on the it's the truth. Yeah, so I I put this one up to being fact. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Don't sue me, Michael Jordan. All right. <laughs> I would love to see him address this, though. Who uh, you think there's going to be a reporter that has the you know the cojones to actually ask this question? <laughs> no, no chance. Maybe to Jimmy <laughs> Butler, but maybe to Jimmy Butler, but they'll never bring it up to Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's playing like a freaking rock star, man. So yeah, Jimmy Butler, keep it up. Uh, I hope you can get past the Nuggets, but uh, let's let's make this a good series. Let's not make it a blowout. I want to see uh, I want to see the the biggest underdog in NBA history uh, go on to at least six or seven games. So let's see if we can make that happen. All right. So now getting into the political side of the aisle. Actually, before we actually get into the political news, I want to bring up something that that I saw that was just fascinating to me. But I wanted to get your take on it. Right. Um, yeah. There's a guy, Daryl Davis. Have you heard of this guy? He was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, 
has a, a movie out, um, Accidental Courtesy. Have you seen anything on, on this guy? Mm, no. So he's a musician. Um, used to travel around, but what Accidental Courtesy is, is he was the first black man to interview a KKK clan leader. Okay. Right. And and he actually interviewed a guy named Roger Kelly and became friends with him. And this was a, a high level KKK member. Um, yeah. Became friends with him, started going to rallies, right? And ended up getting Roger Kelly. Uh, he, Roger Kelly ended up leaving the KKK after talking mm-hmm. with, with Daryl. Uh, he has influenced over 200 KKK members uh, to leave the clan. Right. But yeah, yeah, he associates with them. Right. He talks with them in uh, accidental courtesy. They actually have a like full blown out clan leader, like in his gear, like sitting next to to, to Daryl Davis. And this guy's like the black race, blah, blah, blah. Wow. But he's like, oh, but Daryl, he's actually a really nice guy. Like, I like this guy. <laughs> Wait, right. He's cool, but. But he's those other guys, (laughs) right? But so, what I wanted to talk to you about in in the actual documentary, uh, he sits down with black leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of these guys are mad at Daryl, right? Because he's associating with them, right? He he goes to rallies and stuff, and you know there's scenes in this documentary where they are pissed at him, like say, why would you ever do that? You know you're uh, slapping, you know, our race in the face by, by being associated with these people. Um, I'll give you at the end of the movie or at the end of the documentary, those same people that were basically, you know, saying, you know, you're a traitor, all these different things actually end up, uh, understanding why Daryl was doing this and, and, you know, that he wasn't an actual member that he's doing it to have conversation and actually get people out of the clan and end right. up becoming friends with those who oppose him. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, like, um, I think it works both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you, I mean, you have the KKK who, who's, you know, they feel a certain way towards the race. But I think also you, when you have, like, you talk about the Black Panthers or you have other, um, you know, leaders in, in that kind of category, you know, they feel a certain way towards that that race, opposite race, too. And so, the, obviously, when there's an African-American person, you know, going into, like, an all-white, you know, you know, racist group, you know, they're, they think – you know, they're going to think negative about it. Right. And they're going to be like, you're doing it. You're like, you know, you're turning your back on your race to join these guys when I don't think they fully understood what his, like what his purpose was and what he, what he, what he was trying to accomplish. Um, and I, you know, I think it's great. And we, we talked about this before in races, I think, you know, the KKK, they have a stereotype, they have an idea of what, you know, other races are. And then, you know, you know how you always you know bring up martin luther king jr about you know is the content of their character not the color of their skin once these guys actually meet someone and they get to talk to them and get to know them and they have conversations and they realize hey this guy's a lot like me right and, and he's not so different after all besides besides outside of the color of his skin um then that personal experience changes their outlook um and so and i think once both sides well especially you know the African-Americans thinking that they're turning their back on them once they realize, I think that, you know, he's trying to 
bring people together and not divide people, I think that's when they kind of step back and, you know, they apologize and it's like, hey, um, you know, we, we get it now, right? And I think for the KKK, you know, like you said, over 200 members have left the KKK because of interactions with them just shows that, you know, they can see, you know, that um, their judgment was wrong because it shouldn't be about the color. It should be about, you know, learning who that person is and making your decision based, based on that. And I think those interactions um, uh, made people, a lot, a lot of people change their mind. Yeah, I I was highly fascinated with it. Uh, he's yeah. very intelligent, right? And you know, to go into the belly of the beast, right? To face evil, um, mm. you know, in a situation that you know they're not hesitant to pull a trigger or do something bad to you, and and he's in there, uh, you know, proving that you know the the content of somebody's character is uh, can uh, can overtake this evil uh, ideology and right. i mean he's sticking sticking his neck out there he's going so i i commend him on you know just the the ability to do that right yeah and on yeah. top of that he's influencing people to leave and come out of that right that's a right. big thing we you know we as christians we we need to do that we have to go into the darkness right. to bring light right and right. people can say oh you know stay away or you know, you shouldn't be doing that, but somebody's got to do it, right? right? You can't just let the darkness stay there, right? Yep. Somebody has to bring light into the darkness. And uh, so, so kudos to him. If you hasn't seen, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, a accident, accidental courtesy. Um, it, it's a great documentary. Uh, he was also on the Joe Rogan podcast talking mm. about it and his interactions with the, the first clan leader that he met, Roger Kelly. Um, it's actually a pretty funny story if you actually listen to what took place and how high the tension was uh, during that first meeting. People told people told Daryl, "Don't meet with this guy because he will kill you." Period. Yeah, right? like that. And and he he took that on face to face, right? And yeah. uh, was able to to become friends with them, and then in turn move him out of the clan. So. I thought that was highly interesting. I wanted to get your take on it because I saw yeah, very... some of the black leaders, you know, not yeah. like it and then actually understand it and be okay with it yeah. and things like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, on to political news. Uh, the debt ceiling did get passed by the House um, and I think it got passed by the Senate. So mm -hmm. we actually got a resolution to the debt ceiling. Um, how do you think this deal was? Because, you know, Joe Biden for the longest time said he wasn't going to negotiate no negotiations. And then uh, Kevin McCarthy was able to strike a deal with them. Uh, have you looked at the deal? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What's your thoughts? Um, I haven't, I haven't dug inside into the deal a whole lot yet. Um, obviously I think that, you know, obviously the, the way the deal looks now is probably way different than when it was before when it got, you know, turned down and rejected and rejected and rejected and you know each side wants you know to get something out of it and i think both both sides ended up getting something out of it um that made this thing pass um and every time you know this this comes up with the debt ceiling it it never passes the first time we it always goes to the to the deadline um i think one time it actually went to the past the deadline right and yeah i think like the, the, the it government has shut before the, the government has like had shut down until they figured this out but um you know, I'm I'm overall happy with it. I, I mean, I think both you know, said so both parties are happy that they both got a little bit something that they that they wanted out of the deal, right? And so, um, 
you know, this is probably one of the few bipartisan things they've passed together in a long time. So um, whenever that happens, you, I mean, you got to be happy because it doesn't happen often. And, you know, there's a lot of fighting and finger pointing and mudslinging. And um, luckily, like it, it was a little bit smoother this time. Yeah. So, you know, the the critics are kind of split on this. Right. If you're mm. on the Democratic side of the aisle, um, you know, you think Joe Biden gave up too much. Right. Um, if you're on the far right side of the aisle, uh, you say, you know, Kevin McCarthy gave up too much, right? <laughs> right. We had leverage and we didn't use it to our full advantage. Um, right. I, I'm kind of on the fence on it. Um, you know, it, it's still we're still spending, you know, more money than it, it is in this world. Right. Um, mm. It doesn't really address the spending problem that we have. But. Uh, we did get some some good things like the uh, student loan, uh, you know, payments will start start back up now. Uh, this whole thing of, uh, you know, uh, taking care of people's college loans that Joe Biden said he was going to do, even knew he was uh, yeah. even though it was unconstitutional. Is the debt up. forgiveness. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it depends on what you came in thinking needed to happen. Right. If, if, if you think that Republicans should have, you know, stood firm and just tried to get everything that we wanted. Um, I, I think Kevin McCarthy did a good job considering Joe Biden said he was not going to negotiate, although we kind of knew that was BS because he right. wasn't going to shut down the government right. and uh, the Republicans had the House. So he couldn't he had to negotiate, which was a dumb right. tactic in the, in the right. first place. So that was, gave, that was never a viable option. Like, no, it wasn't. And, so. and on top of that, you gave Kevin McCarthy a victory by saying you're not going to negotiate. He goes in and negotiates. Right? right. And, and so, you know, you gave him, you gave him a win there, but yeah. overall I, I would give it about a six, right. I'm not extremely <laughs> yeah. happy with it. I'm not, you know, too mad with it. Uh, the Republicans have been known to just, you know, cave in situations like this. So we took a little bit of what we wanted. Uh, we can't, we can't spend more than, than what we have now, which is right. nice, right? They can't just start spending over what, what the limit is as of this moment. So that's a good thing. Um, a couple other things, at least this, this is, it's set until the end of the 2024 presidential, um, race. So yep. we're set there. Um, again, my rating is about a six, not too happy, not too sad about it. It just is yeah. kind of par for the course and we move on, uh, to see what, you know, we look like in the Senate, right? We couldn't, the thing is, is we couldn't pass something that was just a straight gut punch to the Democrat, uh, party because the, they control the Senate, yeah. right? So, you know, we're kind of handlocked here. We can't just pass the the thing is is in this is one of my things with Trump, right? We had the presidency, we had the House, and we have the sen Senate. We could have passed something that was, you know, what the Republicans are calling for right now, but we didn't do it. And we had all three. We could have, but Trump Trump didn't do it, right? So uh, you know that's one of my qualms with Trump is he had every you know branch of the government. And he could have passed different things like this. He didn't do it. The time mm. had passed. Now we can't leverage because, you know, Democrats have the presidency and have the Senate. So I think right. it's take what we can get 
I think this was a, a decent bill. It's only set in stone for two years. So I, or one year until after the president, uh, the presidential race. So I think let's take what we can get. Let's pray that we get, you know, uh, a normal house and a normal Senate and a normal president so we can start getting some of this stuff uh, out of our, our government. So that's kind of the, the wrap up on that. Do you have anything else to say on, on the debt ceiling? Nope. Nope. You're, I mean, nope. I don't have anything else to say, but I, I, I like you just said, the, w- the way the government is divided right now, um, every deal that, that goes through is going to, it's going to be a, a six rating, right? Because every side is going to have to give up something to get something for, for the other side to pass it. Right. And, and you know, and we're gonna have to wait to the next round of elections, you know, to see, you know, how the house goes, how's, you know, how the Senate goes. And, and if there's uh, you know, one party can control the whole thing until, you know, people can get that leverage to actually push their ideas all the way through. Yep. Yep. So uh, we have a couple of more uh, presidential nominees coming in. Uh, one is Chris Christie, right? Uh, he got famous. <laughs> when was that? 2012 uh, when we, when he ran against Obama. Um, you know, I don't, I, I keep up with him a little bit. Uh, yeah. I knew somebody who actually knew him who told me he is just highly, highly intelligent. Yeah. Um, I think he's a little soft, but what's your take on Chris Christie? No, I think I think you nailed it. Um, he's a super smart guy, right? He's you know he's been about politics for a long time. Um, he he is soft, and I think uh, the whole thing with uh, I think Trump kind of exposed him a little bit on on his softness, right? He you know and the, the back and forth with their relationship and how he supported Trump and he went against Trump and kind of Trump kind of like called him out and blah blah blah. So. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to get any traction um, yeah, in, the pres- in, a, in a presidential election. And I really think he might be one of the first guys to, um, to, to take his name out of the hat. So um, I, I think he's just another guy to muddy the field. And, you know, that's just more leverage for Trump in the long run. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there. I don't, I don't think it's going to last that long. He's tried um, you multiple know, not times. A lot of people like him multiple times. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, he, I, I mean, he is highly intelligent. Yeah, uh, I think he'd be a good cabinet person, somebody to have in the White House. But uh, is he a presidential guy? Uh, I don't think so. No. Uh, the other one is Mike Pence is going to jump into the race. Yeah. What do you? How do you feel about this? So I, I think this is interesting. I think um, uh, I think just from like you know you talk about the January sixth thing, you know, with Trump being on the outside, and Mike Pence was actually you know he was in the building. Like people were coming after him, and so a lot of people think that that was a that was a Trump attack on Pence, right? And so if something crazy happens and it ends up being a runoff between Pence and and Trump, I think I think that then it gets very interesting because you see two guys that obviously um, the relationship has broken down since they became president and vice president, and I think um, the 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 supporters have kind of like split and, and have taken sides too. Now with Pence throwing his ha- his name in the hat, I think he'll get a lot of support. He's a super Christian guy too, so um, he's one of those those guys that you know we talk about that you know he has a strong you know Christian faith background. And if, if people can jump on board and get behind that, and if he pushes that, we'll see. But um, I think he, he's interesting because he's a kind of he's a different type of Republican than than we we see in the in the race right now. Yeah, so. You know, I think, again, if DeSantis isn't in the race, I think he has a good shot, right? People thought that he, you know, he can garner the Trump vote, uh, 
you know, he was very conservative, a very good dude, mm. uh, right? Nothing against him there. Uh, my issue with him was what he said about Disney, right? He basically said DeSantis was doing the complete wrong thing by taking away, you know, Disney's, uh, you know, special tax deal that the state of Florida gave them. Right. right. And he basically said, you shouldn't be, you know, mixing uh, business with politics. I, I don't like that stance. Right. Because the the state of Florida gave Disney special tax benefits, gave Disney special tax benefits. And then Disney decided to get involved in politics. And mm-hmm. Florida said, well, if you're going to be involved in this, and go and and go against uh you know what we're saying and try to indoctrinate the children of Florida then we're going to take away your special tax benefits right that i don't think that there's anything wrong with that because that was something that Florida gave to them right it, it it's not the same for everybody else right they're not taking away a you know something that is inherent whenever you're in Florida right, that you just get because you're there. I mean, this was a special thing that Florida gave, and then they decided to get into politics. They decided to start trying to indoctrinate our children. So Florida said, okay, that special thing that we gave you that we don't give anybody else, we're going to take that back because you guys decided to get get into politics. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And for Mike Pence to come in and say that DeSantis was wrong, I think he he really uh, pushed a lot of the conservatives away because we don't want to see Disney trying to indoctrinate our children, right? We just want them to be a business and do their business thing without the political side uh, going on. Right. And if uh, I'm, I have no issues with the special tax benefits, you know, if they're not trying to indoctrinate children or push a political agenda, once you get involved in that, right everything's on the table. So I think that one little deal that Pence had on that, uh, I think didn't do him any favors whatsoever. And I think it kind of pushed him outside of the conservative bubble. What do you, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Um, Yeah. I mean, I definitely can, I definitely can see that. Um, And I mean, I think uh, even if he believes that or not, that's, that's just an attack against DeSantis. I, I, I definitely think you're going to see, uh, Trump stand up for Disney too, surprisingly enough, I, just because it's something it's against what DeSantis wants to do. Right. And right now, you know, outside of, the, you know, the political presidential realm, DeSantis's big opponent is, is Disney. Right. And so, um, and so I think they're going to stand behind Disney just so they can get one. I mean, Disney has so much money, right. You know, they have what ESPN, ABC, like they own so much. You, you have a, financial backer supporter and Disney on your side, you know, that's, that helps them and their presidential run. So Pence knows like, you know, play, just playing the game, right. That Pence, um, Trump, they know if those guys can get the backing of Disney, that that's going to help them financially if they can get past the Santas too. So, um, I do think there's, there's a game within the game here too, but you, but you're right for, you know, the conservative side, they're, they're not going to like, they're not going to like that stance from Pence whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that, um, you know, the, the left 
incorporated the culture into our politics. So I don't think it's beyond the lines to uh, be involved in that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And as a conservative, you just want businesses to do business, right. And not be in politics. Right. And, and on top of that, when you're trying to indoctrinate a certain uh, culture within our children, I think you start to uh, get a lot of people frustrated. So I didn't like that Pence didn't understand that it's important for us to not let, you know, corporations indoctrinate our, our children. But I mean, other than that, I don't really have anything against the guy. He's a good dude. Uh, yeah. Seems like he has good morals. And he was a good vice president. president. He, yeah. he was a good vice president. Uh, and, and I think he would be probably a pretty good president, to be quite honest with you. I just don't I don't see a way for anybody else to come into this race and actually garner votes. I just don't see it. I, I really don't. It's DeSantis. Yeah. It's Trump. Everybody knows it. And any, I feel sorry for anybody jumping in because it's just not you're not going to get any votes. Yeah. You're just not. It's coming down to those those two people. And people are actually really mad at DeSantis. They're like, why don't you wait your turn? You know, all these different things. And it's like, dude, the guy's doing well. He needs to be in the race. Sorry yeah. that, you know, he's young and has his shit together. You know, right. not his fault. So right. well, well, the thing well, is like... Well, I think it's like, how long should you should you wait? I mean, if you look if you look at the you know prime ministers and presidents around this world, they're all thirties, young forties, fifties, right? They're not the idea that we need an, a 70, 80 year old male in the president in the White House is ridiculous, right? Like like we, you need some of the younger a young generation, a young blood, a true leader to step in there and make a difference. Um, so like I I I I've heard that argument too, and every time I hear it, I hate it. Like 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 wait your turn. That's ridiculous to me. If he's, if he's ready, if he's shown, like, I mean, look at the state of Florida, if he's shown that he can lead and he's, you know, a, you know, a strong candidate, just jump in there and go, man, let's make it happen. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been our motto. If you're, it's based upon who's the most capable. And I think right. Santos is the most capable no matter what his age is. It, right. sh it shouldn't really matter. I mean, it shouldn't matter. Obviously, obviously the guy he's running against is, you know, extremely old. Trump's old. Biden yeah. can't walk anymore. You know, right. keeps falling over things, right? He yeah. fell the other day. Did you see that? I did see that. I mean, I the guy falls constantly. Yeah. I mean, right. it's getting really, really embarrassing. And, you know, his, his poll, dude, he is polling god awful right now. I think I saw a poll that was like 70% of America doesn't want him to run again. <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, that is bad that is yeah. really really bad so i mean i i don't mind DeSantis age like i said he's shown us that he can you know be a leader he's governed florida well um you know was able to bring people from the other side of the aisle uh into his camp which is a big thing for me i i think i think he's the the smart play but um so next topic it is pride month Right. So we're getting, you know, hit with all sorts of different stuff. But there was one one thing that just made me really mad. And that was Ford. Yeah. Did you see what Ford did. Yeah, I, I, I read I read an article about it. Yeah. Yeah. They said the Ford Raptor is gay. Yeah. The Ford Raptor. Right. One of the most iconic trucks that Ford makes. 
right? They they had to do it. They just they couldn't couldn't contain themselves to make an ad with the Ford Raptor being gay, which is frustrating. But we have a clip right here. Let me play it real quick. All right, as you can see, it's wrapped in the pride flag. Um, you know, I, 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 so do you know who Dave Rubin is? Yeah. You ever listen to him? So, um, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he is a, a, a gay man. And I think he said it best. If you haven't seen that clip, go, go watch it. He addresses this and he just says, why, why do you have to, you know, market to somebody's sexuality? Right. I mean, just because yeah. you're gay doesn't mean like you're going to buy a Raptor now, right? Like <laughs> right. we need to get over this pandering to, you know, people's sexuality. Um, especially Ford. I mean, it's another kind of Bud Light scenario. Like Ford is, is a, a, um, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, Tennessee truck, right? You're right. not buying a truck in New York. You're not buying right. a truck in california right you you hardly ever see them this is you know central united states uh bread and butter and we've watched what has happened with bud light we've watched what has happened with target right all these different things i just don't think it's a smart play um and on top of that the raptor is meant to be this badass truck right off-roading you know all these different things and then you put the pride flag on it i think you just lost uh, a ton of customers that would potentially buy this truck. What's your thoughts? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm going to kind of push against you a little bit because actually I don't have uh, a huge problem with it. Not as much as like, say, the Bud Light and the Target thing. I don't care if you if you support one group or another. Like my issue is, is I don't want it like push down my face. I don't want it push down my child's face, right? Where, you know, she's constantly exposed to something that she is not ready to be exposed to. Right. Or I don't want to, you know, I don't want that agenda, just sh sh that kind of stuff just shoved down our throat. Um, like looking, looking through this, like um, Ford did this two years ago. Right. Um, and so, and it basically came out, it pushed out in Europe more, more than the United States. Like I haven't seen, you know, a Ford commercial with, they call it the VGR, the very gay Raptor, the, the Raptor, <laughs> the, the, the Raptor VGR going around across my TV screens. Right. So um, and then there was some kind of like car show that they, that they showed it in. But um, but for the most part, I mean, you haven't seen it. They're not they're not it's not at a car dealership. Right. So I, I'm OK with it on that point. Um, but, but like like you said. It's so funny, like, like the Bud Light thing, it's against their demographic. That's not the people who who buy their product, right? So for you to even kind of make that jump, it's very interesting because, I mean, I mean, like you said, a Raptor is a big, like, masculine, like, truck. And, like, I just don't see, like, a member of, you know, the LGBTQ, like, riding around in Raptors. So I don't know what the whole, you know, the idea, the purpose was. But um, I, I do think it's it's an it's a old, you know, it's our, it's an old ad and like that that, that kind of just nothing dies in the internet right so that was brought back up and just and just pushed back out there but uh when you look at bud light like they had actually had running commercials uh of the transgender person and, you know like target you could walk in the store and it's right in front of your face so that stuff was pushed 
like onto you where I don't think this this wasn't that bad. Yeah. Okay. I'll accept that take. I, I think that's a good take. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to it. Um, I don't like I don't like companies uh, marketing to somebody's sexuality. Right. Well, right. I, I totally get that. Good. Right. right? Um, but you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, Target. Like, Where's the Mexican raptor? Like, where's going? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You start to get into all these things. Like, why do you feel the necessity to do that? Right. And I almost feel it's kowtowing, right, to, you know, a certain demographic that you almost have to kowtow to, which I don't like. I don't like a certain section of, um, you know, the population basically saying you have to do this or you're in the the bad graces of our society. I don't think that's the way our world should work. Uh, that being said, Target is still losing money, right? Oh, yeah. Do you think this is going to be another Bud Light scenario or is Target going to push through this? I think Target will push through this because, I mean, I I, don't, I I think the soccer moms can, will only shop at Walmart for so long before they're like, oh, I need my chic Target <laughs> back. Um, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, obviously what they lost at one foot, at the height of it, they lost $14 billion, right? Um, they kind of, re- they've rebounded a little bit since, but um it actually if, if you are if you do buy stocks like this might be actually a good time to buy target stock and sit on oh, it for a I while know, right because because i if you if you can morally you know do that for your character like you will make money off this because i do think they'll rebound and they'll come back up um i think it's gonna be a matter of time but they offer so much more um uh, you know and like we talked about this before with Bud light i think or even um, who was it? The Dodgers or whatever. Just come out and make an apology. Like, hey, you know what? We thought this was a good idea. We, like, you know, even like the desire they chose, and like he, you know, worships Satan or whatever, and you know what his beliefs were. Like, um, you know, people make mistakes. Company make mistakes. But I think part of it is owning up to your mistakes and you know, in in and admitting it. And I think a lot of people will, for, will forgive them if they do that. But. Um, you know, a lot of people are not happy with Target, and you can see that by their stock, right, and their valuation. But um, I do think eventually they'll they'll rebound faster than Bud Light rebounds. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I heard a, a great uh, a great take on this, and and they said the reason that the Bud Light's going to stick is just because of convenience, right? right. It's very easy right. to just pick a Coors Light right next to the Bud Light. It's a lot harder when it's a, right. an actual store. Yeah. Uh, you know, demographics, different things like that. So, um, and, and I don't think we'll see the full effect until, you know, Q2, Q2 earnings come out, like on right. the Bud Light stock, you know, stock price goes up and down, whatever. But it's really when the Q2 earnings come out that we'll see an actual, you know, is this thing going to stick or not? Yeah. Um, I, I think we do need to to uh, not shop at Target because of what they were pushing. I think yeah. it was way, way, way past the line of acceptance. And, um, you know, like you said, it's going to be hard for people to not shop there. It's understandable. Uh, but I think they crossed a line and those who, who believe that they cross across the line need to sacrifice their, um, convenience to not support these types of things. So if you are doing that more power to you, um, but you know, losing that much money in the stock is a hard thing to take. And we'll see if it sticks after the Q2 uh, earnings. I think Bud Light deal, I, you know, their stock has been kind of fluctuating up and down. But mm. once the Q2 reports come out, right, you're they are going to absolutely sink. And because right, everybody I talk to is like, 
we can't sell this. We just can't sell it, right? Every store right. you go into, it, I mean, it's becoming a thing now, right. Right? 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 You see somebody with a Bud Light, you're like, oh, you know, why? Like, you know what I mean? It's becoming yeah. a thing. It's becoming a thing not to do, which is drink Bud Light. Right. Like it, some stores, like it's priced less than like a Natty Light is, right? Like the cheapest of the cheapest beer you can get, you can yep. go and get Bud Light for now. So, uh, and it, uh, you know, it's a wild take too, because I think Target will rebound too, because I think women on this topic are a little more forgiving than men are. Right. And so, I mean, he was shopping at Target. It's, it's predominantly women, right? I'm not, I don't walk yeah. around the aisles of Target, but, but who yeah. buys the Bud Light? Men will go to a liquor store, they'll go to a convenience store and, and they'll buy cases of Bud Light uh, more so than um, women will. So, one is convenience for sure, because you can drink Coors Light, you can drink another beer that's, you know, just as good, if not better. But I think people will forgive Target because when you're comparing Target to like a Walmart or another convenience store that does what they do, uh, a lot of people think Target. Um, offers you know a better product so um I, those i think those factors will make target rebound faster but they will definitely they'll definitely take a hit i mean they're taking a hit now but like you said once those q2 um reports come out and they're like oh you lost how much dude like everyone that's in the in, in that stock market are just gonna sell 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 right um and then if you're smart then you buy you know buy low sell high so um right they'll they'll rebound a little bit there because you know, the people who just play the game to make money will buy it at a low, low price, knowing that it'll go back up eventually. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. So the last thing we're going to talk about, um, Ice Cube came on a podcast, uh, said something pretty interesting. Uh, wanted to get your take on it. So let me play this clip real quick. Okay. Yep. Black people have supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for mm -hmm. 50 60 years and and nothing has changed so something's got to change so i don't know if the audio played on that or not so i'll go ahead and basically sum it up I, he said i i heard it i don't know if, yeah you know, but with if, the streaming stuff come, yeah. uh basically what ice cube said is you know black people have been voting democrat uh, for the last hundred years nothing has changed so maybe you we should start looking elsewhere so what what's your take on that you know like we've kind of hinted, hinted on this before right even when we talk about chicago and we get a lot of comments about you know you put the same leadership in you get the same results you know and, and you know then people jump on us and you know they call us racist or we call it you know we, we support the man or whatever but if you look at it it's true like um if you look at the you know the democratic party and you know and I, I've talked about my father before and then how, you know, he got into affirmative action um, and then that's how he he got to, you know, he owned Burger Kings for a while. But that's how he got into that position was through that program. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you look at that program back then and what they actually did, what they actually stood for and you look at them now, like now it's just a it's just a name. Right. Um, if you look at welfare, welfare was a program that that was supposed to, like, you know, help you know, low income communities, low income people get out of the situation. But now welfare is just a crutch for people to get money. And now they're not, you know, getting jobs or now they're not, you know, helping the economy whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Florida. You're like, there's there's just so many like in uh, the NAACP and what the NAACP used to used to stand for and used to do for the African-American community and, and what what they are doing now. All those things at one time uh, were aligned with the Democratic Party. Um, and they were to help and they pushed, um, you know, the African-Americans to, to better their life. And now it's just it's just just a crutch. And and those communities aren't getting better. Right. And and 
if like you like we heard uh comment say if you keep on doing the exact same thing you're going to get the exact same results so either you push you demand the democratic party to stand up for your community better or you might have to look outside of that party to, to a different solution you know because you know they they want to say they're for minorities you know not just african-americans but you know the, you know the latina community as well but what are they doing in that community to support them and help them and like you're not you're not seeing that support and help anymore yeah you know like like we've always said you know i wish people would judge our politicians by the content of their character not what's beside their names and right. I've, I've addressed this over and over again i think one of our biggest issues is party loyalty yeah that they see a d by the name and they automatically think that they're going to help you know, the minority community when that's not necessarily the case, right? Mm -hmm. So think for yourselves. Don't just look at the the party that they're at and see if you agree with, with their views or not. I mean, it's pretty right. simple. And, and yeah. you know, I don't think, I don't think Ice Cube was saying you need to move over to Republicans, right? Mm -hmm. I think what he was saying is stop looking just at the Democrat. You know, he's got a D by his name. He's good. Like start right. paying attention to what they say what their actions are, are the bills that they're trying to pass actually going to help different right. things like that. Like let's think for ourselves. Let's not be just tied to a party, right? Let's not yeah. just blindly support a party. Think for ourselves, be individuals, right? And see if this person actually is here to help or not help. But I think he's getting, you know, the main thing he, he was trying to get at was we have to break this cycle of just blind loyalty blind yeah. loyalty to a party yeah. like we're we're not they democrats don't own us right they don't yeah. own us like let's think for ourselves and again i'm not saying that means you have to move to republican i'm just saying right. don't have blind loyalty and i i yeah. think that's what ice cube is getting at yeah no a hundred percent i mean we see this like in the families right people go oh i i vote republican you're like why oh because you know my parents vote republican you're like well you don't like who are the candidates you don't even know who like you're voting for you just see that r or that d and you're just jumping behind it you know and, and this happens you know with you know ethnic groups as well like you said you know african americans traditionally voted democrat uh latinas traditionally voted democrat and then and they see that and they know that and they're like oh these people are for me you know like like you said find the people who are running see what they believe in go listen to listen to them and then and then make your decision you know don't just automatically jump behind someone because of what party they're affiliated with um because you you would be surprised uh what's out there right and then and that even rolls into what we talked about in the past is like this this year could you know this next election could be the the best chance for an independent to step up and make a strong run right um listen to these people see what they're they're all about uh, and if you want to change like your current situation, the situation of the United States, you know, you might have to, you know, give those people a chance. Well, I mean, I think Joe Biden had the absolute uh, most racist comment I've ever, ever heard somebody uh, say, which is, yeah. if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. You ain't black. Yeah. I mean, that blew me away that he said yeah. that. Right. And And again, I think that's what ice cube is getting at right. right like nobody should be allowed to say that like nobody right. like you do not own a race of people yeah. right but that's basically what he was saying right? right you're if you're black you have to vote for me or you're not black 
which yeah. I think is just a slap in the, in the face of, of everybody who thinks differently than he does. Right. And yeah, think, think yeah. for yourself. And he's, I mean, he obviously people give him a pass of his age, right? But and if, if you, you can find this on YouTube, you can find, you can Google this stuff, but like, obviously he's been a career politician. He's in his eighties. Like he said some stuff back, like in his third, when he's in his thirties, that like was straight up racist. And you, you were you, yeah. you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that came out of his mouth. Right. Um, and, and obviously people can change. Right. I get it. People can grow. But like there's some, some things that he backed and some things that he said that would totally make you think of him in a different picture, in a different light. Um, so it's it's just interesting. Do your homework. Look, look at the candidates running um, and, and then see which one best fits with what, you know, with what you believe in. Yep. Yep, I agree with you. Um, so let's let's wrap this thing up. Do you have anything, any last words for the week? Ah, uh, man, no, I, I, I don't. You know, this is the first time in a long time I, I've kind of drawn a blank. Usually, I'm fired up about something. Are you sure? <laughs> I really want to stand about something, but today I'm actually pretty like maybe because it's a Saturday morning and not a Friday night. I don't know, but I'm pretty just you know right. content, content. You know, I'm, I'm I'm happy with you know. Like I, I, you know, government wise in the world, I, I do slowly see like there's some change brewing. And I, I do think like we're kind of turning the corner for something better. I just hope that momentum continues. Right. Um, and I, I hope that happens in the church as well. Um, and so like I, I right now I'm, I'm OK. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, be a good person. Right. Yep. Do what's right. Uh, do what the father's asking you. Uh, my challenge is to Christians. Right. I, I challenge you to wake up every single morning, <clears throat> wake up every single morning and ask the father, you know, what do you want me to do today? Right. Mm. Is there something that you want me to do? Take care of. He'll he'll point it out to you. Right. Yeah. He'll, he'll tell you. Uh, but it's on you to either do that or not do that. Right. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's things that you don't want to do. But I challenge you to wake up every single morning and just ask the father. Right. What do you want me to do today? Right. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you want me to do? Is there somebody that you want me to talk to? Is there something that you want me to give to? Is there something you want me to spend my time on uh, today? If you do that every single morning, I promise you, your life will get better. You'll come closer to the Father. You'll be hand in hand with Him. Right. And you'll be at more, have more peace during the day. And I think you'll be a, a happier person because you know, if you're a follower of Christ, and you love the father doing what he asks you to do brings you right. joy, right? So you will be more joyful. Um, so that's my challenge to Christians. Please do that. And remember every single day that you wake up, you have a choice to be angry or be happy. Choose the happy side. 